You're listening to Chicago's Gospel Podcast, a show exploring how the unchanging gospel of Jesus Christ shapes your life in an ever-changing city. I'm Eric Viker. And I'm Will Pareja. And today we are thrilled to have back on our podcast a good friend, a beloved brother, an inspiration to us, our brother Reagan Martin. Reagan, good to see you once again. Thanks, Eric. And Will. <laughs> and today we are talking about a biblical theology of the city, a biblical theology of the city. Uh, we've got to do some work to get to what that means and why we're doing this. Uh, the last time Reagan preached at our church here at Addison Street Community Church, he did a classic text for exploring this thing that we call uh, biblical theology by looking at Acts chapter 1 and Luke chapter 24. Uh, did I, am I remembering that correctly? Yes, you are. Yes. And one of the strong imperatives you gave us was to fall in love and do biblical theology well. Mm. So two questions. Mm. What, what's going on in Luke 24 and Acts 1, and why might understanding those texts be helpful for understanding this thing we call biblical theology? Sure. Um, Luke and Acts are two volumes uh, from the same author, from Luke. So uh, Luke 24 helps us understand in Acts chapter 1, where um, uh, at that very beginning point, uh, where he's speaking of, uh, um, in the first volume, I told you all that Christ began to do and teach, and he goes on to speak of what uh, really, in the rest, in Acts, what Christ continues Amen. to do and teach. And it has to do with his kingdom, and uh, as he is uh, uh, opening those things up, there's connections you, you will find to Luke 24. Uh, and you think of when he's walking with uh, the two on the road to Emmaus, or when he is with his disciples, and what is he doing? He is opening up the Old Testament scriptures with them, and he is showing them how those scriptures speak of him, mm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, this is what the story uh, was about. He is the hero of the story. This is what biblical theology has to do with, is following the, the, the overarching story of Scripture, mm. right? Following its development, uh, its development to the hero uh, in whom uh, there is fulfillment and uh, how he opens up to them a key point he's opening up to them is how the Christ would suffer mm. then be glorified, mm -hmm. right? It was sufferings first. And that was, uh, I, I don't believe that was on their radar mm. <laughs> in terms of their reading of the story, uh, but it was there. It was mm -hmm. in the Old Testament. And again, he's opening up the scriptures and, and then all across Acts, it's not just Christ, but the apostles, the apostolic model, the apostolic hermeneutic is a robustly Christ-centered right. hermeneutic, yeah. and that comes out right. in their preaching. Yeah, so Peter in Acts 2, of course, doesn't have the book of Romans because it hadn't been written yet. Paul right. wasn't even saved yet, and yet where does he preach his first sermon from, correct me if I'm wrong, but Psalm 16. And Joel. Uh, and Joel, and yeah, Joel? the pouring right. out mm -hmm. of, of the Spirit. So they're yes. using the Old Testament, which would you agree the Old Testament doesn't sort of overtly use the name Jesus Christ in the way that we see it in the New Testament. Would you generally agree with that right, statement? Right, Though these are Jewish 
ideas, Jesus, Yahweh saves is what the yeah. meaning of his name means, mm-hmm. Christ, the anointed one. They were certainly acquainted with these mm-hmm. terms, but in terms of the name Jesus Christ being ex- um, explicitly spelled out, we don't see that in the Old Testament. So how could you say that Jesus is there? Good question. Yes. And we need to be careful. Uh, some have not been in, uh, as it were, trying to find uh, Christ in every nook and cranny mm. uh, of the Old Testament text. Rather, we want to follow the the arcs of the story. We want to trace the storylines right. to Christ uh, and, and the fulfillment in him and in his kingdom. And that uh, offers us a, a multifaceted fulfillment of the Old Testament in Christ. Uh, there's a, a wonderful sort of multicolored yeah. picture there uh, that is, it is to see it. Um, to see Christ in that way, to preach Christ from the Old Testament and understand Christ's centrality in Scripture, uh, uh, what does it do but but cause our hearts to burn yeah. like the two on the road to Emmaus uh, when it comes to seeing Christ in his glory? Spiritual so. heartburn is to see <laughs> yes. Christ in all of yes. Scripture. heartburn. Except this heartburn feels good. <laughs> yeah, this is, this, is a good, this is a good kind. Um, so... so for for starters, let's just do a very brief biblical theology of, for example, the presence of God and mm-hmm. show how this is somewhat different than like a systematic theology of mm-hmm. the presence of God. In the garden, yes. where is right. God? Right. Yeah, the... Yeah, the the the, distinct, the the distinction there would be that yeah, in systematic theology we gather all the texts and all that's true there, but in biblical theology, right, God uh, with them, right, in the garden, His presence with them, and yet when they sin, they are mm. sent away, right, right uh, away from the garden, away from God's presence. Bad news. Right, right, and and all across the Old Testament, right. The, the tent of meeting, the temple, right? right. All across its unfolding story. Uh, how, do, how do we come back, right? right? How are we welcomed back right. into the presence of the holy God? And you can tell that tension is running through in those, uh, in those texts, you know, with the tent of meeting uh, in the midst. Yes, God desires to dwell in the midst of his people, but how can this be? You have the sacrificial system. You have all these, all these protocols, right? All these provisions. And yet we're still waiting for the answer right. at the close of the Old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. And then Christ shows up and he doesn't just dwell in our midst, but he tabernacles in our midst, right. alluding to yes. the thing that the tabernacle was pointing to was John uh, one, yep. Jesus mm-hmm. himself. And then if we skip a bunch of stops, we see in the new heaven and the new earth that it's actually modeled after what the old temple and tabernacle were uh, were modeled after, and heaven itself mm. is the perfect and full dwelling place of God where mm. we are then with him. So the problem that happened in Genesis has been ultimately and forever resolved in the right. new heaven and the right. new earth. So biblical yes. theology shows mm-hmm. how it develops, changes, most of the time just becomes far more glorious the mm. longer God is yes. at work in the world, <laughs> culminating in Christ and in his new creation. So... Mm. When we think about a biblical theology of the city, first and foremost, you know, we don't want to look under every nook and cranny and create mm. something that's not there. So I think a fundamental question is like, is this even a legitimate biblical theological category? And if so, how could we affirm that? <clears throat> yes, I believe it is. 
And uh, perhaps we could affirm it with one word, Zion. Mm. Because Zion is God's city. Yeah. So uh, I, I could mention many other things, but, you know, the, the place Zion has uh, in, in Scripture, in the Psalms, right? Uh, God's city and, uh, and in terms of the fulfillment in, uh, in Christ, in the King. Uh, we could open up that further, uh, but... Chicago, I've said this before on the podcast, but the, the Latin moniker on the seal of Chicago says herbs and orto, which is city in a garden. Oh, that's, wow. that's Chicago. If you think Sweet. about that, um, I mean, the garden we, mm. and in the Bible, we have things starting off in a garden. Mm. Gen- Genesis four, after the fall, the technologies are being put together. Now you're starting cities after the, the worldwide flood. Mm. Um, you have the tower of Babel. You have a, mm. that's a, that's a city scene, as you mentioned, yes. Jerusalem. Yes. So God went from being a mobile kind of tented mm. God to like a, having his own house mm. uh, that David provided for, but didn't build. Um, and so you have the city of Babylon after Israel's basically exiled, they go live in the city of Babylon. Um, then you have Jer- the prominence of Jerusalem in the New Testament, uh, mm. Antioch in the book of Acts mm. as sort of like the, the place where the gospel is launching out non-Jerusalem, yes. Yes. Um, the place that Ephesus and Rome play in the, in the book of Acts um, for the propulsion of the gospel. These were major cities in Paul's day. And then it mm. leads to, as you say, Zion or the new city mm-hmm. or the new Jerusalem yes. in the book of Revelation. Yes, the heavenly Jerusalem. So it, right. it's going towards a city. It started in mm-hmm. a garden, mm-hmm. going to end in a city. Yes. But it's not a, it's, yes, it's a city that we wait for that is to come, mm. but it's not like the city, cities don't exist. I mean, we're sitting mm-hmm. in one yes. right now. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And the cities of this world becoming the city of our God and yeah. of his Christ, Maybe right? So. Where the king reigns. Right. Um, Yes. You know, uh, I, I've heard before, you know, the story of the world is the story of two men, mm. Adam and Jesus. Yeah, well, the sto- Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yes, right. Um, the story of the world is the story of two cities, right? Yeah. In, yes. in one respect, the city of man, right. uh, organized against God in rebellion against him and how often we see, right, from the time of Cain and, and, and onward, you know, through history and yet today, that when people get together in cities, uh, sin multiplies, uh, rebellion against God, disobedience to his law. And so you have the city of man, you know, in its organization against God. Yeah. Are, and, you, are you harking to uh, Augustine's Category, I, city of I am, city. yes. Yes, that is in the background of my mind, right? Well, how about, right. How about this uh, Pilgrim's Progress mm. written by John Bunyan? As he, after he converts, yeah. that mm. whole allegory has him and uh, not Christian, yeah, or I can't remember. That's the, Christian, yeah. Christian yeah. stopping in Vanity Fair, which is a, is a mm. urban, or can yes. I even say urbane <laughs> place where one of them loses his life. Yes. But they are on the way right. to what? Mm. The celestial, celestial city, city. Yes. leaving the city of destruction, yeah. right? Yeah, leaving it goes from a city to a city, right? Yeah, yeah. from a city from to the, a city. Right. So let's press into one city in particular that uh, 
plays out in various ways in all the scripture. You mentioned Zion, Jerusalem, interchangeable, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. At times, Zion's doing great (laughs) based on how the people are responding to God. At other times, Zion is the most corrupt place on earth, Mm -hmm. even though God's supposed to be there Mm -hmm. and the people have his word, they have his Torah, they have uh, his his dwelling place. Mm -hmm. So one geographical location the soil itself doesn't really change. Mm. Jerusalem's Jerusalem, the, the mm-hmm. location, the geography of it, but it appears to be a different city depending on who is mm. king there. Yes. So does that give us any insight on our lives in cities today and, and the plan that God might have for our cities today? Or is, or is Jerusalem mm. a, you know, an anomaly? Mm. Yeah. Uh, we are citizens of Zion, of the heavenly city. Mm. Now we are still living in this world and in the cities of this world. And yet how uh, it's very clear that that theme and Gentiles too, right? Uh, have been welcomed in as citizens of the city. This one, that one was born there, right? To borrow from, from the Psalm. Um, I, I think of Isaiah chapter two of, you know, of, uh, Jerusalem becoming the highest of, right? Right, the hills, right? And Mount Zion, the highest of them. I I remember reading in Calvin where he says basically like, will God lift this city to the skies? (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) how it says the New Testament, you have come to this uh, to this heavenly city, yeah, right? Hebrews 12. Uh, we are spiritually, we are, we are seated there. Ephesians 2, right? right? That's where our life is. That's where the king is. And in the end, it will come down, right? Mm. Uh, it will come down, uh, God's city, and all the world will become, yes, his garden city. Uh, and, and what a beautiful, it, it's such a beautiful blending there of the city of us in a, being organized, but it's this beautiful organic picture, right, of, of growth, yeah. true mm. growth um, in the city of God, growth in knowing God right. and in glorifying him. So, yeah. so someone's hearing that and they're like, okay, that's beautiful. I, in Christ, reside with him right now in heaven and I belong to that mm. city. But when I wake up every day, uh, mm-hmm. my mail says Chicago <laughs> on it and right. I live here. So like, yes. is, am I just fantasizing in my mind that I actually live in heaven? Like, is it, are these just like two separate sure. worlds that I'm living in or does my right. true citizenship in heaven mm. actually shape my life in this ever-changing city? Mm. Right. Uh, uh, you are not fantasizing. You are living in a tension. Uh, it is the tension in uh, the, the, the presence of the kingdom already and, right. y- and not yet consummated, and we are a people living between two worlds. Uh, Paul writes to, um, to uh, those who are in Christ and yet at Ephesus, at Colossae, right? right? Um, yet are still living in this world. Uh, we, we truly, we understand the reality there that we all still live in this world, yep. in these mortal bodies, and yet are in Christ, right? right? Spiritually, our union with him, and that citizenship trumps all others, yeah. doesn't it? So don't withdraw 100% as if you don't live here, even though you're... Right. But at the same time, right. don't expect that mm. you will never have tension. Actually, yes. tension will probably mark every day of your life, considering right. you live in a far better city 
right. truly, and yet you're a pilgrim here for now. Yes. So like there's yes. two extremes, total right. withdrawal, where it's like, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to sit around and wait. Right. Or, okay, I know God is at work in our world, and I'm surprised mm. if there's any mm. friction that I exist that I experience with this city. Right, right. Yeah, that, that, that the work of, uh, that God's work in the world uh, simply is any social justice movement. Mm. Uh, that, that's what it looks like, right? Yeah. I mean, you could go into either ditch, you're right. And living right. in that tension, you know, understands God cares about the cities in this world because right. God cares about people, yeah, that's right. uh, you know, and lost sinners and cares yeah. about uh, saving his people. And so, in the midst of these cities, the city of God is. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of fear. And so what, just listening to you guys talk, I'm, I think of that F and F that is fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Christians will tend to do the same thing when it yeah. comes to cities. I never thought about you that. You know, it, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a movement afoot, and I think you've mentioned it before, Eric, uh, of trying to get people who are, more ideologically on the same page to move to places right. that are that. There's a safety. So that's a flight. Or we kind of put on our, our boxing gloves and fight everything. Mm. I mean, in a sense, we're, yes. all, we're all driven by a kind of fear that if you're not mm. really rooted your identity in the city to come, you will not be able to actually enjoy some mm. of the gifts that God puts in front of you right. in, in, in cities like we have. Right. I mean, your kids are musicians, yes. and you guys are able to, you know, They're take able music to play lessons, go in orchestras. Yeah. Right. I mean, orchestra, you don't get yeah. that, say, mm-hmm. in like rural Nebraska, probably, or other... <laughs> or the part. rural Eastern Cape in South Africa. There you go. It happens uh, in Cape Town in a, That's you know, right. in a city. Yep. That's good. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I like that, you know, the flight or fight and um those who are you can fight the wrong way right yes um we we are called to fight but in the right way and uh and i think it's it's understood you can see in the new testament the warnings both ways you know be careful um live within don't try to do away with the tension live within the tension receive god's good gifts and bear the good news of heaven's city in your city on this earth, right? <laughs> right? That's good. So a lot of people love cities because whether their um, affections have been perfectly calibrated to God's affections, there is amidst a lot of pain, also a lot of beauty. Mm. Because, well, yes. when you mix a lot of image bearers who bear creative powers in response mm. to a creator mm. God, there's a lot of potential for beautiful work just yes. as much as, you know, there's opportunity for destructive destructive work. So Mm. not that we suspend the potential destruction, but knowing that that's a reality, how does a Christian on their journey to the the great celestial city actually enjoy certain parts of their city? Can they? Mm. Should they? How do they? I don't know. Anything along those practical lines for city-dwelling people uh, Mm. in, in progress to the better city? Yes. Uh, I, I would say when I, I, I preached a sermon um, recently on um, on uh, one of the Psalms of Ascent, you know, mm. the Psalms of going up, mm-hmm. and beautiful. Psalms. You can see, yes, you can see where those psalmists, David and others, where they're where they are at home. Uh-huh. You know, they are truly at home 
in God's city. And I think once you have that squared away, you can live in your city, in this world, right? Where, where your identity is clear, right? right? Uh, your fundamental identity, okay? That I do not belong to this world. I belong to, I belong to my king and his city. And I love his city. That is my home. And, and even when we gather Lord's Day by Lord's Day and we, Amen. right, we are, we are remembering, we're as it were coming to Mount Zion and we're right. remembering this is where our citizenship is. Right. And then I think you can go and you can, you can receive, uh, receive God's good gifts um, without turning them into idols, right? Or, or idolizing uh, your worldly, yeah. um, your worldly, context, right. right? Trying to make too much of that. I think that's, that to me is like, is fundamental. And yeah, I, I'd say like to what you were just saying that every, every Lord's day, every Sunday is kind of like a new city gathering. Yeah. You know, mm. it, it's a, it's just a sweet foretaste mm. of, of what will be an yes. eternal nonstop gathering and a true right. urban and urbane gathering. And another thing that you were saying that just, I find that more and more as I long for heaven and to live with Jesus and enjoy the gospel, that I actually feel free to enjoy other things. I feel like there's something about the beauty question, Eric, uh, Mm. that I think really resonates, that I'm free to enjoy so many things. I I can't see everything perfectly, but boy, with the glasses of faith and the world Mm. to come, I feel like I can see and enjoy the the city as broken as it is in front of me, even so much the more. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I love that, brother. That's the word that I think was in my mind. If there was a word in my mind, <laughs> is the freedom we have. Yeah. yeah. Whereas otherwise, it's it's the constraining our own constraining idolatrous passions. But I think then we can freely receive God's good gifts. That's how I feel serving in Cape Town as well. Uh, that I can appreciate those things right. while. Well, you know, maintaining, again, where my identity is. Right, right. So much of this, I feel like, is just um, recalibrating the people of God's expectations. Yes. Mm. Living in, in two cities. Right. And, yeah, not falling in either ditch on either side of the road, but staying on the narrow path that uh, is on the way to the new heaven and the new earth. Um and I think biblical theology can do that for all sorts of things. Yes. You know, maybe this is just can. an appetizer for someone. So what, where might someone start if they're like, okay, this concept to me is fascinating about how, oh, these, these aren't just a bunch of disjointed stories. The Bible mm-hmm. actually progresses in a magnificent way and across quite a few different lines, all at the same mm-hmm. time culminating in Christ's incarnation uh, pinnacle in the new creation. Where might I start for learning this trade? Um, not just as an academic endeavor, but as something that actually helps me live more effectively uh, right now. Right. That's what I long for biblical theology to be, not just an academic yeah, endeavor. Amen. How could it be? Right. Right. <laughs> um, but that it would be experiential and practical. And uh, I would say, you know, you start 
um, in your local church um, yeah. <laughs> uh, with the help of your pastor. We didn't pay him to uh, say any of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's saying uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> look, uh, I, I've been helped by uh, G.K. Beale uh, and other uh, experiences in seminary classes I was in that that helped me in organizing my thoughts that way. Now Beale can be a bit heavy uh, reading. I'm trying to think of a of a of an, a sort of accessible work yeah. uh, for a layman. Uh, Any in, ideas, in Pastor it. Will? Yeah, um, one of your colleagues at. TLI is also yes. one of our supported mission mm. partners, Chris Bruno, yeah. Wonderful. who labors um, in multiple capacities, but currently in the Pacific Islands. He's written a, a little book called The Whole Story of the Bible in 16 Verses. That's just wow. like real like, mm. primer level. Yeah. It, it like gives you like pegs right. you know, to kind of hang your understanding yeah. of scripture on without having to read the whole Bible. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. God's big picture. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Graham Goldsworthy. Yeah. He, he's prominent. Mm. Um, mm. Th- there's a lot of different levels to the, this type of thing. Not that it changes, but just the detail that these guys yeah. might go into. But, right. um, yeah, yeah, even for children, you know, the Big Picture Storybook yeah. Bible by Helm right. is, uh, yeah. it's wonderful. What a wonderful uh, introduction to it right. uh, for children, right? That excites children, too, because yes. we all want to be a part of mm-hmm. a story, and biblical theology gives us the biblical story, the true gospel story of the only story that really matters and where our story mm. actually fits in. So there's something yeah. that, some way that I think God has designed our hearts to yearn for this type of theology. Mm. And mm. Uh, we can learn it from yes. the apostles. You know, they do biblical theology really well. Uh, we mm. Again, like right. our last episode with you, we could probably have three, four more of these. But uh, let me read this passage from Revelation 21 that we've um, alluded to several times. And uh, again, just an invitation for you to give Christians in Chicago a word of encouragement based on this passage for uh, living here and now. So John the Apostle says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, Mm. coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Amen. Yes. That is the, the covenant consummated, right? Mm. Uh, God with his people. In, in his, his city, yeah, right? in his city. And um, that is, I, I think, even when I was um, walking through in a fellowship down in Cape Town uh, through Philippians, where Paul says, speaks of us as uh, citizens of heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a key a keynote in that letter is joy. Yeah. Um, he's writing from prison, but it's joy mm. in the Lord. And uh, heaven's citizens are happy. Amen. They are free and they are truly happy mm-hmm. because we are happy in our God yeah. and our King. Yeah. So. 
And the thing that permeates that whole text is the presence of God, not our own, you know, mm, our own wealth yes. or something divorced from God. Right. You know, you can have all this world, just give me Jesus, as the mm. old hymn says. Mm. So, mm. brother, would you close this podcast with a word of prayer for the who knows how many Christians are in Chicago that we might mm. love God by loving our neighbors here indiscriminately? Um mm that we might live on mission here, that we might love theology as a means of loving mm. God, mm. Uh, whatever comes to mind. But would you just pray for, for the Christians sure. in this city? Yeah, let's pray. God, we thank you for uh, the wonderful story uh, in Scripture. It is your story. Mm. Uh, it unfolds uh, uh, according to your will, and uh, it unfolds to the hero, uh, your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, we love being citizens of your city. Uh, we rejoice in the King, and what an honor to bear his good news mm. uh, in cities, in Chicago, in Cape Town, uh, in this world, uh, because you care about people, you care about lost sinners uh, in, in these cities, uh, image bearers uh, uh, ruined by the fall, uh, and you uh, are redeeming your people. And so thank you for your work at Addison Street Community. Mm -hmm. And I pray for your blessing on this church. Often when I pray for this church, I think of Roscoe Village mm -hmm. and just pray for your work in, uh, in breaking up the, just the, the hard secular ground here and opening minds and hearts to your truth, to the love of Christ, uh, uh, bringing many uh, to salvation, Lord. Uh, it is overwhelming at times to think of uh, so many people in this city and, and in Cape Town and the townships mm -hmm. around there, Lord. Uh, but uh, wonderfully, you care uh, about each one. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Lord, we just pray for the advance of the gospel. Yes. And I pray that you would fuel the, uh, the, the passion uh, for the gospel at Addison Street Community with good theology, mm. biblical theology, which it does. Uh, if we are learning it rightly, it does fuel our love for you and for your mission, for the advance of, uh, of your gospel. So help them, uh, help me and my family as missionaries to Cape Town. Uh, oh God, fulfill your purposes among the nations, we pray for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.